And this episode of the Disney Dads podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say, eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engines! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Good evening, Disney Dads podcast, and welcome to another installment here with a couple of the dads getting together to have a little bit of a chat. It is a show that is a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Aussie Dave, and joining me this evening is the one and only Joe Q. How are you, mate? Dave, what's going on, brother? How's everything down uh, I-4? It w- we are great. We are getting some mild weather rolling in, which is very nice indeed. And they're even talking about like highs in the 70s. And suddenly Florida seems like a great place to be. It uh, must make you happy to go to work and not feel like sweating through that like heavy cotton. Yeah. You know, I guess what do you guys call it? Uh, not costume. It's a uh, is it uniform costume. What do you guys? Yeah, it's a costume. It's a costume. Yeah, the costumes yeah. that you guys wear. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh you know, yes. Not be sweating through it. You know, profusely. I call this cotton season because unlike the rest of the year, I have to wear like the Under Armour shirts. I can actually wear like the rest oh. of the t-shirts that I have, like, and not like sweat through them immediately. Okay. Uh, so. Good. Not walk outside and just feel like you're doing breaststroke or something. Exactly. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, it is it is nice and uh, a little bit of mild weather uh, goes a long way. So definitely a fan of that. Um, thanks for joining me tonight uh, so that we could jump in uh, and send something out to uh, the listeners of the Disney Dads podcast. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about something that I have a lot of experience with. And I'm curious to know your level of uh uh, ability to recite and join in some of the pre-shows within Walt Disney World. Yeah, I will say this, Dave. Uh, you have you have insight on a professional level. <laughs> this is I, true. I have insight on a non-professional level. Uh, so yeah, you're. I, I'm I'm about to be schooled, I believe, on a lot of these pre-shows, but. Uh, the list, I definitely do enjoy these. I think a lot of these things are overlooked, and hopefully uh, from this discussion tonight, we could bring uh, maybe bring some ideas and maybe let the DDP family observe some of these things that maybe they've never noticed before. And worst case scenario, we'll just get like one or two of them stuck in somebody's head to the point that they're like driving to work and they're just reciting it over and over and over and- again. And over again. Because exactly. we've all had that moment where you've ridden the ride, 
it, it was done an hour ago. You're on the bus headed back to the resort and maybe to go swimming. And then suddenly you're like, why am I still thinking about that pre-show and what is said in it? Uh, I, you got to love it. So Dave, let me ask you a question before we, sure. before we, before we hit the list and before we get started, you do this for a living. You're professional. Mm. You also go to the parks as a fan. You bring your family there, your wife, you know, and your family. Um, what are your thoughts when you go to an attraction and there are diehard Disney fans that will be in a pre-show and they start reciting all of the the lines? What, what is your take of that? Because it kind of made me think of that when you talk about you know people reciting it, like driving the car, it's stuck in their heads. But what is your take on that when you're like, in a, when, you know, we, listen, we've all written, for example, Haunted Mansion, right? Yep. You get people you're in, you know, you're in the stretching room and they're all starting to they're all starting to recite, you know, the lines to the pre-show. And you're just like, oh, my God, just please shut up. It's like, let me enjoy. What is your take on that? Because I know it drives me nuts sometimes. It, it does. It does drive me nuts. But I also as a fan of them and as somebody who does know them backwards and forwards, uh, I also appreciate the other side of it. And I feel there's a line because you have to assume that there's somebody in the room and it's their first time. I agree. All right. And we should never try to take away that moment of somebody enjoying something for the first time. That said, do I have a problem with you off in one corner of the, of the stretching room, uh, just amongst yourselves doing it quietly, uh, to the point that it doesn't interrupt somebody else? Not at all. Even if I'm aware that you're doing it as long, like if you can participate with your and, uh, and share a moment of your own personal joy that you all know it and can say it, um, have at it. Or if you're fortunate enough to get your own stretching room, go to town. That's a different, yeah, exactly. Ah, they're, they're all, 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 all bets are off. Have at it. Like, yeah, that's the, that, that is the dream. That is the ultimate dream. Um, so, well, let's jump in and take a look at some fun pre-shows. Uh, some that have been around for years, some that are much more recent, and some that have changed the way we experience a pre-show and get set up for a ride. Um, first on my list that I wanted to bring uh, is uh, something that uh, I know many people can uh, recite and... Um, and I think many people love, but it has also changed recently as well. And I'm curious as to whether you're familiar with this. And I am talking about the pre-show of Rockin' Roller Coaster. Um, I love it. I, I, it's great. It's great. Um, here's why I love it. There's a moment, and I'll tell you the moment. It's the final line of the entire pre-show. All right? So just after... Um, they've taken off in the car and uh, she gets on the phone and she says, hi, Sal, it's me. I'm going to need a car. Make it a stretch. Mm. Oh, on second thoughts, make it a super stretch. Um, and then she goes, all right, I've got a really fast car for you. It's out in the alley. All right. And then you walk from that studio room through the door and you emerge into that alley of downtown LA at night and like it's just the way it sets that moment up 
So if you stay for the whole pre-show, now the door sometimes opens a little early and people are like out of that room as quick as possible. But if you do stay for it, it really sets up that moment of where you're about to walk into, which is ultimately the goal of the pre-show. So that, I feel, I know this is like the first one we're going over, but to me, that pre-show has one of the, you you just hit the nail on the head. It has one of the best transitions from pre-show into the actual, like, it sets it up perfectly because you essentially walk out and you're like, you look like you're on like a street somewhere. Like it's right. dirty and it's like a, I mean, it's like a chain link fence and, you know. I mean, it, I'm a little partial to the fact that when you walk in there, there's a sign that says down under club. Yeah, we got over yeah, that right. on a, yeah. uh, <laughs> but the funny thing is I've actually noticed that other sign that you pointed um, when, uh, it, what is it? The, we talked about it on the one episode. It was like. It's the safety sign. That correct. Says, Thank yes. you. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, the, la- the last time that uh, I wrote it with my wife, I looked up, I had a little giggle to myself. Yes. So uh, Love I, it. I, I, I did remember that. But no, the, the transition is definitely like, it, it's a perfect transition. It really is. I know the show is dated, right? Everybody, 97% of the people that go there know what the pre-show is. And you know who knows the pre-show because they all run right to the door. So the ones that go up to the front have never ridden it before. The ones that run right to the door have been on the ride before. The one thing I want to know about this is everybody knows that line. Can you get my blacklist paw? I don't know what that means. Um, I don't um, I always... No, no. Uh, the line is actually, uh, hey, Chris, can you grab my black Les Paul? Uh, Les Paul is a type of guitar, I believe. Okay, then that, it's a I always thought it was a blacklist. So I just learned something that I didn't even know. I'm like, what does that mean, blacklist, Paul? I'm like, so yeah. There, uh, there, one of there the there early go. versions of it actually, there's uh, there were uh, didn't have the guy come in and where within the video he taps him on the shoulder and says, "Oh, I'll get it for you." Um, there was a version where a cast member would actually walk into the room, pick up a guitar case and walk out at that moment. Wow. And that guy got to play Chris and it could be a guy or a girl. Hence the name Chris being used. And so it was Chris, can you grab my black Les Paul? And the door would open and then they would reset it. So and it would happen again. I kind of feel stupid that I thought it was Blacklist Paul, but like, no, I was like, no, 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 that's but okay. You know what? This that's... is what we, we learn something every I, I time. I guarantee you there is somebody else out there that had no idea what that line yeah, there's, was. There's, okay? a lot of, somebody, there's a lot of people that thinks it's a Blacklist or whatever. Somebody somebody in the group, jump onto Facebook and make Joe feel better, okay? like Yes, please like, do so. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Is he looking for his black book for after the show? I'm not quite sure. But All right, you know. so one of the other things I like about it is that it's quick. All right? It sets everything up, but it happens really fast. Oh, really quickly before we get there. Um, yes, it has been edited in recent years. Uh, there was a moment where uh, where Steven Tyler would uh, make a particular reference to um, a, a particular hand gesture uh, that is not necessarily appropriate. And for years, for like... 20 something years it went unaffected and apparently somebody just it got the better of them and they said nope we're gonna fix it and they uh edited his hand uh so he no longer made that hand gesture um and so that always amuses me whenever that happens when he says wait a minute i love that idea (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's it's like a lot of things, Dave, in Disney World that went unnoticed for years, and I think from the era of social media and YouTube and everything else, it, it then the Disney company go, oh, we need to fix that. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So they definitely did, but it is a quick um, it is a quick pre-show. It's only about a minute and a half or so, and it gets you moving out into the next alley. Uh, however, our next one is ridiculously long. There's like three points where you stop and they just continue to drive home. Do you really want to do this? (laughs) (laughs) And I am referring to mission space. I don't, Dave, I don't usually get scared on rides. I don't. I'm a roller coaster junkie. I love it. I don't do spinning rides very well. And this is the antithesis of spinning rides. This is the only ride that I get nervous on. And because of this pre-show and the constant, like, are you sure you want to do this? You may get sick. Like, it's it, it makes me feel worse. Like, it really does. It Like, they, they consistently set you up going, are you sure? Like, if, if you don't want to do this, you should back out now. And then you're like, no, I'll be fine. And then a few minutes later, they're like, if you don't want to do this, you should back out now. And you're like, well, maybe I don't want to do this. You've made me question it now. <laughs> That warning is much different than what you hear, like on per se, uh, you know, this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Like, hold on to your hats and glasses. That is not that kind of warning. This is like a legitimate, like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, particularly when you ride the orange version. Uh, It does get quite Mm -hmm. intense. Uh, It has also changed. Um, It used to be Gary Sinise. And then they did some modification to the attraction and uh, Gary no longer delivers that particular pre-show, uh, but it is uh, still a whole lot of fun, um, and but it is quite intense. Yeah, it, it, didn't they say this was like designed by NASA or like had NASA's input on this? this, this oh yeah, they, yeah. they like refer to yeah the training elements that uh, that astronauts go through. I mean, now anybody can go to space apparently, but I guess they are right. <laughs> Go there for ten minutes and come back, right? <laughs> that that counts. That that totally counts. But um, yeah, it, it's it's quite a quite an intense pre-show that sets you up for a pretty intense ride. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've kind of ventured towards the green lately. Uh, you know, oh my yeah. Orange, in my orange days, I think are kind of over. I'm like, you know, it's like yeah, I want to enjoy the rest of my day in Epcot. I, don't want to feel sick so i'm like i'll just do the green it gives yeah, me no yeah. sensation my, my I, I there's moments where i go maybe i could do the art and my 38 year old body goes mm-mm, mm-mm, before we move on dave any 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 good stories with any of your tours that maybe like have never ridden this and they come off it and or anything you can share or maybe not um i vividly remember having three kids on tour and it was all they talked about that they wanted to do all day long and the parents were like, nope, nope, nope. They they were having none of it. And we wound up in Epcot, and this is all they talked about. And they were like, can we go on it? And they were, they were younger. And the parents weren't big fans of them just going on a ride, obviously. And I went, oh, all right, I'll take them. Oh. And I went on Orange. And I don't feel I functioned at my best like, <laughs> for the remainder of the day because it just, it threw me off my axis. Like You literally there. took one for the company there. Yeah, that, those parents were like, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, um, that and it is also an attraction that uh, I will oftentimes be standing at an exit door of and uh, and waiting and I'll make sure they get on the ride and then I'll be right there at the exit where they come out. And while I was standing there for the group that went before them while they were loading, I was standing there and at the exit door and a young gentleman, I'm guessing aged say 10 to 12, something like that, walked out, looked a little queasy. Pale. Yep. And just sort of wobbled a little and went, <laughs> and the mouth oh. kind of, and and I looked at him and I went, if you throw up in here, somebody has to clean it. At the end of this hallway, there's a garden bed. Go. And he took off running. Um, and about 10 minutes later, I walked out with my group and he was still right there on that garden bed, um, enjoying his afternoon in the sun. The, uh, the cast members at mission space and the custodial staff, uh, thank you for reporting him in the right direction. God bless them. <laughs> I, I give that, I give that, I give that kid credit. Cause sometimes people, when they get sick, they just, they don't care where they, they are. Hey, if like, you can't boom. hold it, like it's, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, it is the only ride with bath bags. Yeah. In Walt Disney World for good reason. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Joe, take us across to our next one on the list. So this one was one of my favorites. I love Test Track. Okay, um, I think I know a lot of people just want to go on Test Track to experience the high speed curve. You know, the indoor person, but they just want to go outside and go fast on Epcot. But I always love the pre-show here. I love the fact that. So for some reason, I always pick one of the categories and try to make that category as high as possible. So sometimes I will try to have like the most green vehicle, you know, or, you know, so I, and I try to be one of the top green vehicles for the day. And usually nobody wants to be the most efficient vehicle. You know what I'm saying? And True. That's, that's usually the one that I try to like, I have like over a hundred and like three, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, efficiency level, whatever it is. So I try as I, a I, result, your power is terrible. Your power is terrible. You yep. know what I'm saying? But I do lead, uh, usually I'm the highest in my car, uh, usually going through the attraction for that one part. And I like to point it out to my wife and usually at the end of the ride, I'll be, I'll be one of the highest, you know, efficient vehicles for the day. I always pick that one. Right. But I think it's fun. I like to see, um, a lot of times I let my wife design something. Uh, you know, she's like, Oh, you do it. I don't really care. But like, you know, it's just fun. It's interactive. It's fun. Yeah. It it's, is. And it's fun to see, how the other people in your vehicle stacked up to you, you know what I'm saying? Because then they're they're pointing out their their car that they designed. So you know, in this day and age where theme parks are trying to push as many people through attractions as possible, this is actually nice where it's done really well. It could use a little update, right? Personally, I would still like to see like some maybe some real vehicles, not just these like you know futuristic kind of things. But um, but it's still fun. I, I like that it's it's still inter- it's still got that interactive element to it and. Uh, you know the one. I wish it still. I wish it saved your vehicles and your magic band. That's the only pet peeve oh. I have with it. But I understand I, if you ride it a lot, it's got to be yeah. saved somewhere on some database, and obviously that. Costs I think money. it only saves it for like twenty four or forty eight hours. Yeah, that probably makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So, so but yeah, yeah I, I love Tash Track. I love the music in the queue as well. Uh, oh. I, I, yeah, I just think it's uh, the music, that futuristic kind of music. And uh, and even the original Q and Test Track, if you go back to the old original version where it was the GM Proving Grounds with the mm. test dummies, I always thought that was really, as a car guy, as somebody who lived in Michigan for a few years, I always thought that was very interesting as well. I always found something new to read about and learn about. So a car guy, a racing guy, I found that that was like in my lane. So something you could learn a little bit about and something you could also, uh, you know, it keeps you occupied because... Even during that queue time, right, Dave? Like that was before like smartphones and all that stuff. So like right. that that queue was like I was looking around and 
you're reading the little things about like, oh, this is the gym facility here, and it, this is where they test cars here, high speed proving grounds, and I found it interesting for me. Yeah. So, uh, but with Test Track right now, it's great because it also kids love to touch screens, like to make things. So in a park where there's not a lot of like uh, crazy attractions for smaller kids, it also lets them kind of like interact with the ride as well. So I think it's good on that that. Point it, as well. it is definitely interactive. You've got to give it, and the kids yeah. love it for that. Um, it's probably not way up on my list of favorite um, pre-shows, but yes, I will definitely concede the interactive element of it to you. Um, we are going to jump across to probably one of my favorites. I, I love the engaging element of it, and also that it like freaks out small children occasionally as well, and that's fun to watch. Uh, and that is over at Avatar Flight of Passage, uh, located at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park in Pandora. And yeah... I, I love Avatar Flight of Passage pre-show. It cracks me up. Uh, the uncertainty of the young man saying, and you're going to uh, fly. Uh, <laughs> just makes me laugh. I love to move around a little. Ah, uh, move around a little. Uh, that's my favorite part. I try. <laughs> I do some crazy things. There's always somebody in front of me I don't know, and I kind of do things behind them to see if they're paying attention. Yep. I love to move around a little. So that's like okay. my favorite thing I, to do. I, I do like that. Can I... Uh, I want to peel back the curtain for you a little bit. Sure. All right. Um, Now, I've never seen this, so I'm basing it off hearsay from somebody who worked at the attraction. But my understanding, so they create that 3D image of you on the screen, okay, of the room. And my understanding is that the way that is done is using Xbox Connect sensors. No have you way. ever played? Have you ever played Xbox Connect? It's been a lot. I mean, yeah, I've had. It. I don't personally have it, but I. Do you remember that little houses. bar that would like mm-hmm. move and it would find you? So my understanding is that if you look up into the ceiling, there's four, and I've seen these, so they they definitely exist. There are four strip locations in the ceiling, and within them is an Xbox Connect sensor, and then they draw all the data from these four sensors that are that are grabbing it, your image and your like silhouette and then they compile them and it goes into this and then it projects this uh, onto the screen in real time. Now I wonder if they actually Xbox connect sensors or is it a similar type thing? I, uh, that it's, that's if it's really it Xbox sensors, that'd be amazing. That that's would be great. Simple. Particularly yeah, because it's, Microsoft and Disney uses almost exclusively Apple, Apple products. <laughs> that know, would be right? great. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, how it was put to me and uh, explained to me. So I haven't, as I said, I haven't personally seen it, but I think it's fascinating. I think it um, makes. I think it makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, it's... and then there's that that extra part to uh, Avatar: Flight of Passage where there's actually almost two pre-shows. We call it pre-show A and pre-show B. Uh, because you're into that second room where they give you a little bit more of a rundown and it gives them the opportunity to start processing the next batch. Yeah, that room kind of annoys me because I'm just like, all right, we've gotten through this one. And it's like, oh, man, come on, we're so close to getting on the attraction. We, we, are, we are so close. Here's the thing is that the way it works is that you get welcomed into that second room once they know that um, the the actual show in front of you has loaded, locked, and is flying. And then 
pre-show A with that whole sensor and all of that, have you ever been in it where there's a problem linking to the genetic matching system? Yes, and I will say that sometimes I don't mind that because if you're in Walt Disney World on a hot summer day and you're in that and there's problems loading and they're blowing the air on you and it's cold and air conditioned, I don't mind waiting in there a few extra minutes. I'll just take an extra minute or so to, yep. to relax and cool your body temp. Um, so... Uh, yeah, what they're actually doing there is they get everybody into the room and then maybe you were in a room that was loaded really quick and they closed the door and one of the other rooms took a few extra moments to get everybody in or there was a problem loading somebody into it or something. And so you're through most of the spiel and it's that moment that gets everybody synced up. So all three uh, levels of your particular theater all sync at that moment where they go, oh, okay, so before we get you into the, uh, we need to genetically match you with, and all of that process then happens uh, in sync, all three floors, uh, and of course, then welcomed into the next room uh, once the room in front of you is flying. It's amazing the amount of thought and thought, technology, coordination between like those three like and it's probably all computer done too it's probably all automated you know what i'm saying there's probably like doors are talking to each other there's it's just absolutely amazing how because it, it, you don't you never have it where like groups are running into each other it's a nope. seamless it's a show like you're on stage right disney is on stage putting on this show for you and you know what they if there's a problem they just they cover it up perfectly by oh we're just gonna there's a problem and we make it part of the show and it's yep. just it's really well done i mean it really is it's amazing. Um, now, the other thing is, uh, which can be quite frustrating with this, is there are some safety elements with that attraction. And so, uh, as a result, if something, if there is a problem with your room when you're about to load, maybe somebody in the group in front of you uh, lost their lunch and as a result they have to shut the whole room down, or um, just maybe something disconnects, something electronic, something technological-based uh, happens, and uh, that room is no longer operational, and you have to exit. It means you have to go back through the pre-show in order to load into a different room. Because of those safety elements that come with, oh, we're going to put the harness behind you up, and it's going to lock you into place, and uh, all of those things. You have to have watched those in order to get into the theater uh, from a legal point of view. Oh, interesting. There you go. All right. Um, moving along, um, another great pre-show. Um, and this one includes an incredible audio animatronic uh, found on the planet of Batu at uh, Docking Bay 5. It is Smuggler's Run, where we get to meet an animatronic of Hondo Onaka. Um, I assume you've been on Smuggler's Run. I have. I don't look. I'll be honest. Like I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, so I know about Hondo. I've seen his animatronic. It's really cool. I pay attention when he talks because it tells you about what you're going to experience on the attraction. But I don't know a lot of the backstory on it. But it is impressive, though. I will say that it is. It is indeed. Um, I I love it um, because. Oh, hold on. Two seconds. Um, I, I love it because he was a character that was developed in the um, in Clone Wars, which was an animated uh, TV show 
um, with half hour installments and he made regular appearances there. And then, uh, and then they said, all right, we're going to a get an actor to do it when, uh, when you see some of the video elements of him and B we're going to create this amazing animatronic of him that moves, shifts its weight. I'll tell you what, I stand there and I watch him and there's this moment in my head where I go, we're not far from 3PO. If we can do that with a robot, like see 3PO as a robot moving, walking, talking, can't be that far off (laughs) like we've got to be getting close i i don't know i'm not like a professional at these things but yeah um not only that one of the other things i love about him is that his voice is provided by jim cummings oh who has done voices within the disney company uh and its various franchises for years uh including winnie the pooh uh and tigger i believe he is both. Um, he was Darkwing Duck back in the day. Um, he was Ray the Firefly in Princess and the Frog. Uh, he has a laundry list of voices um, within the Disney company, and that's just a couple of them. Uh, but he's uh, a voice within Lucasfilm as well, and he is the voice of Hondo Onaka. So we're learning something new on this. It's not only this podcast is entertaining, but it's educational at the same time. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, um, let's jump across to uh, <laughs> a, a pre-show that has a couple of other uh, famous people that got involved with it. Um, one that at the time was very well known and one that has made an appearance in a number of uh, elements since then. Um, and it's just fun. I love this pre-show. Um, let's head across uh, to Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. So in Dinoland USA. Dave, Dave I, got, I got to ask you this. <laughs> I, I've, I've ridden this attraction dozens of times, right? I think every single time I've ridden this attraction, somebody in the pre-show, the group was with you, yells, that's Claire Huxtable. <laughs> That's Claire Huxtable. It happens all the time. I, I absolutely uh, love it. <laughs> I like to, if I am ever like, if like somebody within, but like within my group, somebody who I am friends with or is um with within my tour group or something, if they're not paying attention, I like to be like, shh, Patricia's talking. Um. <laughs> Just because that's her actual name, but um, but yes, Doctor Marsh, as she is yeah. over at uh, over at the Dino Institute. Uh, I love her little preamble that she does, and then she does the that the future is truly in the past, and holds her hand up, and then it transitions to the dinosaur on the hand of the gentleman, and I can't think of the actor's name, uh, but he was he went on to be in uh, CSI and a number of other TV shows uh, that he's made an appearance in, where he's got the dinosaur, and he goes, hello there, <laughs> um, and then I'm, I'm Dr. Seeker, your friendly paleontologist and a heck of a guy, if I do say so myself. Um, and it, which is a great introduction of oneself, I feel. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of a scary attraction, right? It's not for the faint of heart. I still catch myself, you know, when, when the, 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 they take your picture and 
was a T-Rex or was it kind of scares you a little bit, whatever. I, I still like the Conotaurus. Yeah, yeah. They, OK, I, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Right. So it's still as a grown man. I still I still duck a little bit in my seat. Whatever. Oh, yeah. But I will say that pre-show is so lighthearted and so funny. Like they could have played it off a different way. They could have played it off as being serious. And like you're going into the you know, you're going to prehistoric. T- but they played it off as being funny. And that's what makes it enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? You're Definitely. A, you know what I'm saying? It. it, it you're in a theme park. You're there to have fun. Like, it's not. Nice. The, the voiceover of Doctor Seeker is great in that, where like he's like directing you through the ride, and you've got a pre-established connection with him, where you're like, oh yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. I like we've already. So then when he's like panicking and he's like, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it <laughs> towards the end of the ride. You're yeah, you're right in that moment with him. Um, the uh, the other thing that I love is um, the the lack of security that the Dino Institute has. Uh, it does scare me a little because he says that you're locked out of a particular element. And when Dr. Marsh exits the room, he hits like four keystrokes and suddenly he's cracked the code on how to unlock the ability to head to the Cretaceous period. And that concerns me. I mean, whose password is four keystrokes long? Yeah, he's got he's got crazy supervisor access or something but yeah, like just- <laughs> yeah he just goes tick, 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 and we're in we're back in. all right you get to the diner yeah so and boom you're back with one additional guest at one additional additional passenger extra large yeah it, uh it's, you know, it's in and i know we're talking about pre-shows right but i still say this it's an underrated attraction at animal kingdom it gets overlooked so much. I don't know if it's because of where it is, but like everybody talks about Everest and everything in Pandora, and, and you know, it's like this is such a good attraction, and it never has a weight, never. It do- it rarely has it a rarely weight. Has you a- are right. You are correct in that. So yeah, when everything else shuts down in Animal Kingdom, that's when it seems to get a weight. Correct, or, or it's or it's pouring rain. So, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, next on our list is as we head towards some of the coolest uh, pre-shows uh, within the Disney theme parks. Next on our list is one of my favorites. Uh, it was the newest attraction to open before the closure uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, and I always find the irony that the pre-show opens with the line, nothing can stop us now. And then I feel like 2020 said, hold on, Disney, hold my beer. We're going to fix this kind of thing. And um, so nothing can stop us now as we head across to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, The transition moment in this pre-show is next to none. Like, is one of the best. Uh, We talked about back on Rock and Roller Coaster, that moment where they set you up to... Uh, transition into the next room um and they they, i've got a fast car for you it's out in the alley um goofy asking the person the the cast member to assist you into the cartoon is a beautiful moment where that train has exploded the screen changes and you get that moment to walk on in uh, and jump into the cartoon is nothing short of spectacular. You know, what? I'm so glad you described this so eloquently because I've never experienced it because I've only experienced <gasps> I've only experienced it where you just walk right through because they were still holding they were still holding 
They didn't want people holding it like before the pre-show. So I literally would just walk right through. I saw like the screen was kind of exploded. I never experienced pre-show yet. Well, I do apologize. No, 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 for no, the no because, because alert. No, it's it's not a spoiler because I've heard <laughs> other people describe it. I've seen some YouTube videos of it, but like I've okay. never I've never experienced it myself there in in the actual attraction itself. Right. So well, during during pandemic mode, we uh we did have challenges holding people in our pre-show rooms. Uh, so it was one of the uh one of the things that did go where yes as you said you just kind of walked through the middle of it and you were like oh there's been an explosion but i w- um, but i will say this dave after seeing it on youtube because i said well, i was like listen i've written this thing like five times i haven't seen like i actually watched <laughs> i was like oh that makes sense it sets up it, the attraction it, it really does it sets up the whole attraction and it was probably one of the most impacted attractions of not having the pre-show definitely detracted from that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, you walk in and the screen is complete and you're watching a, um, you're watching a movie. You're watching the premiere of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And this moment takes place and everything changes and it transforms right in front of you. And it's almost one of those things that like, it's the second or third time that you actually see it where you go, oh okay i get how that happened because it happens very quick and then you get to step into the animation and it really does set it up but that attraction is the same thing because after riding it a few times you're trying to look around as fast as possible eric oh i didn't see that last time oh that makes sense now so it's like that attraction has so many things going on i guess not only pre-show as you're saying but in the attraction itself you're like you're seeing new things every time you go through it and you're like oh okay that's why they're doing that oh that makes sense okay i get this now so Yes, indeed. Um, I am writing a note to us um, so that somewhere in the future we can just come back and do an entire breakdown of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Now that it's been around for 18 months, we might have to put a little bit of a of a uh, disclaimer on it that if you haven't written it you may not want to listen to that show but we'll cross that bridge in the future when we get to it so um but it is a great attraction and uh possibly warrants a little bit more investigation and a little bit more of a discussion um well but we are discussing pre-shows and let's move on to the next one because it's one that i am definitely guilty of uh our conversation earlier uh, if I'm with my friends or I, I love this pre-show and I can literally quote every single word. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling end movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the Hollywood elite. Now something is about to happen that will change all that. Uh, I just love it. I really do. I don't know if I'm more impressed with your American accent or the fact that you knew all that, but <laughs> no. And then you go into that last part where, um, once when, uh, uh, talking about transition moments, uh, where he does, uh, the time is now on an evening, very much like the one we have just witnessed. This as you may recognize as a maintenance service elevator, still in operation waiting for you. We invite you. If you dare to step aboard, because in tonight's episode, you are the star and this elevator travels directly to, a gift shop. Um, 
I love it. That's the truth, too. <laughs> it's 100% the truth. Um, but, like, he's standing there in that scene, and he says, we're, we're, we're putting you in a maintenance service elevator. And then the door of um, the door of the library opens, and you step into that basement of a 1940s hotel. Well, 30s. Uh, hotel and the boilers and the the breakers on the on the wall and all of these like design elements that were taken into account not only that you can reach out and and smack that like the metal of that boiler i love to like i'll hit it with my wedding ring and you'll hear it ring and you go oh this isn't a piece of flimsy cardboard uh that we sometimes see at um one of those other theme parks just up the road. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, a, it's a tangible metal boiler that allows you to like, and you're like, I'm in this basement moment. There's the brickwork around me that's falling to pieces and it just transports you. And it adds to that feeling of you're about to get on an elevator to the twilight zone. So there's so many good things you just you just mentioned you, you could you you went to all the way to the boiler room. I want to start when you first walk into the hotel. I love that musty smell when you first walk into the hotel. <laughs> okay, yeah, I absolutely love it. But then take into a fact that I consider I started the pre-show right. The cobwebs that they're constantly, I'm sure, adding to the attraction, right? Because they're they're always like in. I don't think they last forever, those cobwebs, right? I mean, I know those are kind of like things that they add, right? I mean, I, that's why I've been told. Sure. I, I don't know. I'm I, sure there's right? somebody in charge of some kind right? of like but the de- redistribution. The details to that, right? When you get into the library, I love uh. look around at the props on the wall. Watch the pre-show, right? I feel bad for the bellhop. He's like a 70-year-old dude. He's got like seven, eight pieces of luggage, and nobody is helping him. Like, Hey, he's earning his keep, don't you? But like, you do there's take like, away from there's him. There's five he's... adults and like, help the yeah. guy out, right? I feel bad for him. <laughs> and then he gets sucked into the Twilight Zone at the same time. It's... As long as you're still going to tip him, yes, you can I help know, him right? Yeah, all right. But I, I agree with you, too. Then you go, okay, the boiler room is so cool. And then, then you're always you know tasked with, do you go straight or do you go right? So it's like too. So not oh. only, I, I I always want to know: is it better to go straight onto the attraction, or do you make the hard right and go towards that one? I mean, I got to ask you, Dave, as a professional, what what is your? Uh, I preference? feel like this is this is way way up there with the do you go to Mexico or do you go to Canada question? Kind like, of, yeah, yeah. Like this is the the choices we make in Disney World. Okay, um, it depends. It, I mean, it's a it's an optics thing. Um, here's the thing: if the, both lines are backed up fully, and you get to that intersection, and you can only step a couple of steps in either direction, which one is going to move faster? Straight ahead. Okay. Okay. The straight ahead is going to be a slightly shorter line. It curves behind the pillar, and you arrive at the. Uh, what we call the grouper. Uh, the other one winds back and forth just a little bit more, um, and you're, it's uh, slightly longer. Now, if that one is empty, you're going to jump in that line. Sure. So, but yes, if it's an equi, if they're both backed up to that intersection point and you have to choose based on the that both lines are full, Dave, I will say there, there's two attractions that 
I get a little bit of heartburn because I want to make sure I make the right decision, not pick the I, I bet I can guess the other one. Okay, the, the first one is Tower of Terror. The second one is Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder yep. Mountain. Yep. Pick yep. a side. I knew exactly right. <laughs> it, it, okay, picking Big Thunder Mountain is a is a mathematical algorithm. Okay, like yeah, there, there's you know that you know that meme of the woman who's concentrating really hard and the numbers are passing by her mm-hmm. head. It's one of those, and I love watching guests do it. They're like they're like looking at the line and studying it, and they're standing there on the moment of you have to pick a line, and they're like, and the kids are looking at dad, going, "Don't mess this up, dad." Don't mess it up. And he's like, I can't take this kind of pressure. Uh, and the numbers are flying past his head. I love it. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap, I, I picked the wrong side. It's like, I mean, as a professional, I can literally stand at the top there, glance down and say, this is the side you want right now. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. It also depends on where you want to sit. I can tell you based on how long the line is, if you want to sit at the back, which line you need to be in. That's impressive. Yeah. It's, hey, it's it's on my weird list of skills that I have. Um, all right. So we're down to our last two that we had on this list, our top 10. And there's probably somebody like screaming that we didn't include a particular pre-show that they love. Um, I want to say Muppets pre-show is somebody is screaming for right now because it's funny. Uh, it didn't make our list, but we're down to our last two. And... I'll be honest, I had trouble figuring out which order to put these two in. Uh, One is very new, and one is a classic. And both are exceptional uh, in their own right, not to take anything away. Uh, So in our number two spot, I decided to put, and I'll take responsibility for this, I decided to put Rise of the Resistance. Um... It, uh, it's arguably a contender for the number one spot uh, because it's so extensive. Like, and here's the thing. A lot of people would want to say that there's almost two rides to Rise of the Resistance. Uh, but the ride of Rise of the Resistance doesn't begin until you sit down and put a seatbelt on. That is when you enter what we at Disney call the ride vehicle that is going to take you through the attraction. So, so that's when that happens, which means everything leading up to it is pre-show from meeting Ray and her introduction to a number of the other characters, uh, to walking out into that moment and seeing, uh, uh, black leaders, X-wing, Next to, and I'll give you some cool terminology, the ITS. That's the spaceship that you get on. Uh, boarding the ITS, that entire experience on the ITS of uh, taking off, fighting the TIE fighters, being caught in the tractor beam with, um, by whose authority are we being detained? By the authority of the First Order Resistance, scum. Now bring down your shields and prepare to be boarded. And like that whole moment and then the doors opening and walking into the stormtrooper room down the alleyway to be interrogated, being placed in a group, being placed in the cell, being uh, having Kylo Ren suck the energy out of the room and then being rescued by the resistance breaking in. 
Like, that is pre-show. That's like, that's like a 12-minute pre-show. That's insane. It's like we haven't even started yet, officially. <laughs> like, you could do an entire show just on the pre-show of Rise of the Resistance. Like, So I will, I will say this, you know, like I said, I always say I'm not a Star Wars guy, right? But I will say this. Before you board the ITS, right, um, the, well, the cast members that are, like, when you're kind of, like, getting in lines are so in character. Like, I mean, oh, it, yeah. it's like, it's almost like uncomfortable if you like, don't play along. Like sometimes I just like, don't want to be bothered. So I just want to stand here and like, they will get in your face and they're like, what do you, Oh, you're talking the interrogator ones. Yes. When you're, after you've been captured. Yes. I mean, like it's, it's so, Oh, oh that's I'm sorry. It's afterwards. Right. Yes. I, I apologize. Yep. I got to mix. You're up. good. But like, that is incredible. I mean, like, it's just like, okay, you know, like, I just want to be left alone here and all that stuff. When you're on the ITS, right, you feel like you're actually, like, moving and, like, you're paying attention to what's going on and, and, and like I said, you're being captured and all that stuff. It, it's, and then I personally think when you get into the Stormtrooper room, and the first time I ever rode Rise of the Resistance, I actually got stuck in there. I was actually stuck in there for, like, 45. Ooh, I was stuck in nice. there for, I was stuck in there for 45 minutes. This was post-COVID, so, like, I'm in there with my mask on. I'm literally taking photos and sending them to, like, the guys at work. I was on vacation that day. I was like, yo, look where I'm stuck right now. And it was funny. But, like, I think personally that the Stormtrooper room, if that's what it's officially called, is probably probably (laughs) one of the more photographed places in Walt Disney World lately. Like, like it would have to be. Everybody, you know, that goes to Disney World that rides that attraction takes a selfie with themselves. But the Stormtroopers. I don't even like the Stormtroopers. I'm like, (laughs) selfie time. I'm like, let me take a picture of this. It's like, did you ride Rise of the Resistance if you don't take the Stormtrooper selfie? You have to take the Stormtrooper selfie. It's like you do. All right, done. Uh, When this episode drops um, for for our main listening group, uh, I'm going to start a feed and I want everybody to drop their Stormtrooper selfie um, or family photo uh, with the Stormtroopers uh, in one feed just so we can see all of our Stormtrooper selfies, just to say we've been there. I love it. That's that, You're you're 100% right. Yep. And, like, it's never going to compete with the castle, but no, absolutely it's got to be way up there. It, it definitely is. And it's almost like... Hey, I got a well. When they have boarding groups, hey, I got a boarding group. Check me out. Like, actually, like won the lottery. Yeah, you know, it's like because in today's society, right? It's almost if you don't have a picture of it, it didn't happen. So it's like I got to get that photo. I was there. I, so I, I don't believe you. It happened. But but I definitely agree with you. Like, look, I don't know a lot of the backstories about this, but like they set you up perfectly for what you're going to experience on the ride. So if you know nothing about Star Wars, if you pay attention to that pre-show and interact with the cast members, like once you get like boarding the ride vehicle, like. You can enjoy, like, my wife doesn't know crap about Star Wars, but she knew what was going on by paying attention, them setting it up perfectly. It it really is, like, it's very interactive, right? That's why this attraction goes down a lot. There's a lot of moving parts. You know, it's a oh, lot yes. going on. But it's, it's, I said this on my other podcast I was on. I said, look, I'm not a Star Wars guy, but they did really, that was really well done. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, I was impressed. Yes, indeed. All right, well, with Rise of the Resistance, pre-show having been discussed it leaves only one uh possibly the most iconic it's the granddaddy it's the granddaddy (laughs) of all disney attractions and that is of course the one and only haunted mansion yes amen um amazing um it's and everybody immediately jumps to the stretching room um i love that it starts actually before that uh in that little corral area with the aging photo 
um, and uh, the aging portrait, sorry. Um, and and then if you're listening, you can hear like the rumble of the thunder from the other room and then suddenly one of the walls start moving. You step in, there's the, the conversation of, wait, where am I meant to be standing in this room to make sure that I'm not caught at the back? I don't want to get stuck behind the, the ECVs that are coming out. Um, and uh, So you've got to stand in the right place uh, and then um, that experience, that iconic moment of um, welcome foolish mortals to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. Uh, it's just amazing. We always talk about, it doesn't matter if it's your first time going to Walt Disney World or your 5,000th. My wife has ridden that attraction with me I don't know how many times. The last time we were in Disney, maybe like a month or so ago, whatever, she had no idea if you looked up, like when there's the screaming inside the, the stra- that there's like a body hanging from it. She never saw it. She never saw it. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. I don't know. She says, she never like. Of course, there's always my way. I know. He's saying there's no way out. She's never. I don't know if she just never. It's dark in there, right? So I don't like ask her. So I always look up because I know it's there. Yeah. She goes. I didn't realize it was like a a body hanging from there. I'm like, I said, babe. I'm like, we've ridden it. You've never seen it. I said, we've ridden both, and we've ridden the one in Disneyland too. She's like, I've never seen that. So like, you always will see something new, and she's like, that was really cool. I said. I looked at her and said, I can't believe you've never seen that before. So you never know, like I said. But, yeah, it's just it's so well done. I love the sound, how it just goes around you. I mean, and think about that attraction was created <laughs> how many years ago? I mean, it's, uh, still, it's, that, yeah. Yeah, it's still that good. Back at 50 years ago. It's a 50, it, was it, it was an opening day attraction, right? I, or it was close, yes. right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's... Look, and I've been wrong before, so well, I wanted to check. But yeah, yeah right. so and I, and I will say this: we talked about Rise of the Resistance. We talked about the cast members, the Haunted Mansion cast members. That was the original OG of like. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. If you were a, if you were a Haunted Mansion cast member, like they were in character. Like they, well, and it was one of those first times that they really gave the the cast members liberty. that leverage. Yeah, to and that 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 flexibility to like you don't and have awesome. to have a good day. It's amazing. Uh, and they still, yeah, still to this day, it's uh, it's an iconic element uh, of of your Disney experience to go and to stand in that stretching room. And and here's the thing: is that brings us back to a conversation that we had at the beginning of this episode that there's somebody in that room that has never experienced that iconic moment, uh, and it is definitely worthwhile allowing them that opportunity to have a stretching room experience like we got to have. Uh, and once you've done it once or twice, nudge them and tell them to look up. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'll say this, Dave, and this is probably maybe another future show topic, but untouchable attractions. I know Walt Disney World is constantly evolving and changing. And yes, we don't deal with change very well as diehard Disney fans. We love our attractions. We love our parks. It's, we have memories with that. But I think there will be a serious riot if they ever touched Haunted Mansion. It's, I think it's one of those ones that really, you could maybe do little updates here and there, maybe technology-wise, yep. but if you were to ever like do like a full makeover, no, 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 no. I don't think there would be, I mean, they got that way with Figment. <laughs> they brought Figment yep. back. I mean, let alone Haunted Mansion is a beloved attraction. We all know this. We're all diehards. And I just, I can, I mean, it's just one of those ones that like, it would be really taking, it's the heart of that section of the park. It really is. And it would really be, I mean, you think about, all of the Mickey's not so scary, like Haunted Mansion's like the hub of like 
That's like everybody goes. You, I mean, they want their pictures there with the 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 the, the, uh, the, the horseless carriage and stuff. I mean, like, it, do you think somebody has pitched it? I'm sure they have. Do you think somebody has pitched? Could we? Could we? Could we get rid of this? I, I'm, sure, could we? I'm sure it has been. I mean, look. And at they that. just got laughed out of the no. room. Like, you're right. Like yeah, somebody like, nah, else stood up and the, smacked him. Like <laughs> a, we we could build beyond the burble. We'll leave that one alone. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> just yeah. We're not we're not touching that at all. So yeah, it's amazing. a great it's it's great man. It's a great attraction. Well, whether you are in some of these iconic pre shows, whether you are visiting the the stormtrooper room to grab that uh to to grab that selfie, uh, there are many opportunities to grab a photo. Um, within these attractions. And when you do grab a photo, it gives you that opportunity to load it into our Facebook group, uh, which brings us to everyone's favorite part of every episode. And that is, of course, Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Well, I thought I would lead into our picks of the week this time so that I could throw to you first. I think last week you did it and I got to go first. Uh, uh, Joe, what a, what's your pick of the week? So it's funny we just talked about like my wife never looking up or looking around and seeing the hanging body from the, in the Haunted Mansion. And uh, it's funny, uh, Scott Chenoweth uh, in our Facebook group uh, posted, uh, literally he put it in quotes, don't forget to look up. There's a lot to see at all the Disney parks. Just don't forget to look up. There's things to see in that direction, too. And he posted a picture of kind of like the balloons inside the Land Pavilion, um, kind of like where Sunshine Seasons is. I know that's kind of changed over the years with uh, – I know they used to have um, – I think, believe it, years ago, they used to have some sort of, like, it used to represent the Four Seasons, and they had different, like, balloons they used to go up and down. It's changed over the years, right? But so much detail has gone into all these pavilions, and as we just discussed today, doesn't matter if it's a pre-show or it's an attraction, take it all in, get your face out of your phone, look around, enjoy it, because there's Imagineers and cast members that put time and effort into all these details, and I think this picture sums up perfectly what our episode was about tonight. So, Scott Chenoweth gets my pick of the week for not forgetting to look up at the Land Pavilion. Very nice indeed. Um, my pick of the week is going to go to um, to Katerina Dupre um, posting a, a picture of her little one Um experiencing some Halloween fun uh, with a shirt on that just says Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo um, with some pumpkins in it. So a cool little Halloween twist on a, a on a, an iconic Disney catchphrase, so to speak, um, and looking absolutely adorable um, and exploring some pumpkin patch fun. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that up is it also links in with our patron uh, conversation that will be happening in a few moments, um, which is why, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into this Halloween vibe. We're going to be talking about some Halloween fun uh, that is floating around at the moment. And so I thought I'd give that my pick of the week. And if you, oh, please. No, I was just going to say, Dave, real quick. I mean, how could you not love that smile? I it's, mean, amazing. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, so. Yes, indeed. Um, I did want to give one other mention, um, and I think I wanted to say this last week and I completely forgot um, in our recording, but there is uh, one member of the 
of the Disney Dads podcast family uh, that has uh, a whole lot happening in their lives right now. And um, I know this because uh, we are friends on Facebook. Um, but I did want to give a special shout out uh, to Jenna and Daniel Ramey, uh, who recently added uh, an addition to their family. Uh, I believe Livia uh, has joined their family uh, as their newest little one. And uh, we are so excited to see uh, the Disney Dads podcast family growing. Um, and for so many Disney memories uh, that are going to come uh, to that family uh, with Livia now as part of the part of their crew. And that baby has no idea how lucky they are because they're going to have a lifetime of Disney vacations now because of their parents. So, and you gotta love. We look that. forward to seeing all of over the coming years, all of the pictures and in the parks with the characters. That's the best part of you know little kids in the parks is those photos because you look back at them years later and you're like, wow, it's just really cool. So, congratulations to them. Uh, God bless. It's a healthy baby. That's all you could ask for. And we look forward yes. to uh, to seeing uh, pictures uh, as uh, time goes on. It'll be fun. I have every faith that very soon. We'll we'll see a, a, a picture of young Livia with probably a Disney theme. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, so, and uh, to any and all of our listeners, if you are not m- members of our Facebook community, uh, you're invited to come across and join us there. Uh, any and all are welcome uh, because it is one of the the best, most supportive. Uh, embracing of uh, positive Disney energy. Uh, communities and groups that I have ever uh, been fortunate enough to be part of. And so if you are not already there, please come across and join us uh, and participate. Uh, And uh, you may wind up with your photo featured in our picks of the week. Um, And um, yeah, so please make sure you're doing that. Uh, If On whatever platform you are listening to us, uh, please go ahead and take a few moments. Uh, You can give us a virtual hug, as our friend Justin likes to say, by uh, giving us five stars, giving us a uh, a rating, giving us uh, some uh, a recommendation and some feedback. It's a great opportunity to grow the show and introduce others uh, passionate about Disney and wanting to join a positive group uh, to find out more about the Disney Dads podcast and our family. Uh, and thank you to everyone who uh, does that on a weekly basis. We We truly appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, thank you guys for uh, another episode of uh, Dave and myself. Uh, you know, uh, Mike and Justin will be back with us uh, the next show. I know Justin's still having a good time down in Walt Disney World. So uh, looking forward to that. So again, another great episode. Patreon, stand by. You guys are up next. And uh, Dave, uh, thanks for a great show tonight. And uh, look forward to uh, to our Patreon discussion next. It should be fun. Yes, indeed. Uh, whatever, whatever the week brings you, we hope you have a wonderful one. And remember to keep it Disney. Cheers for now. See you guys. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. 
And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.